0: This is the Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, hosted by Bruce Gresham, the Principal Strategic Advisor of Applied Vision Works, an in depth look at how Bruce and President Don Hadley help businesses reach their long term goals. Here's your host, Bruce Gresham.
1: Welcome to Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, brought to you by Applied Vision Works. I'm your host, Bruce Gresham, and I am so grateful to be a part of the Applied Vision Works team. We're a business coaching firm that partners with business owners and teams to build a better quality of life, stronger organizations, and attain greater achievements. You can learn more about us at AppliedVisionWorks.com or give me a call anytime at 919-739-2980. Don Hadley, the founder of Applied Vision Works, has a great book called The Journey to Meaning, Not only is it a fun, quick story, but there are worksheets at the end of each chapter that help business owners really assess where their business currently stands and helps them maybe determine the next steps in their journey. So today, the first five folks who email me at bgresham at appliedvisionworks.com and request a copy of the book will receive a digital copy for free to read on their iPads or the tablet of their choice. You can also pick up the book at Amazon.com. Again, it's the Journey to Meaning by Don Hadley. Today we have Ron Lutz, Chief Retail Officer of MillerZell, to discuss the power and pitfalls of scaling a business. Ron, welcome to the program.
0: Bruce, I am absolutely excited. Thanks for the invite today. So I'm looking forward to sharing, uh, you know, maybe some insights. So hopefully it'll be meaningful to the. To the, to the crew that's out there listening. I,
1: I know that it will be. I such enjoy our, our conversations when we're working together. And Miller Zell is really such a cool company with a great history, but not only that, you have such an excellent opportunity to continue to grow and help your customers in even more powerful ways. And it, it's why I really want to talk to you about our topic today. Uh, the power and pitfalls of of scaling a business, but before we really jump in, Ron, tell us a little bit more about MillerZell as well as as your career.
0: Okay, certainly. So MillerZell, as you mentioned, Bruce, we're a uh, I call it a 54 year young company. I got to uh, I just have to say that uh, Sandy Miller, our, our founder, was uh, an entrepreneur and uh, such a visionary as he built the business from you know printing to, to what we are today and. Uh, I like to coin us as a, a full-service retail solutions provider, Bruce. Um, we start with our clients in developing you know, strategy, consumer insights, really trying to understand where our, our clients are trying to go. And we do that with quantitative and you know, qualitative uh Information around uh, around their customer, and we flow that into uh, we can move into creative design. We've got a full staff of design folks, and we can take that to engineered drawings. Uh, we create fixture signage, and we produce and print all of that, and you know, even go so far as installation. But most importantly for for Miller Zell, it's it's about the journey that we're on with our with our clients, and we believe that we're able to be successful when our clients stand up to their customers and are more meaningful than when we started the journey with them. But So we're very proud of uh, our people. Uh, we're certainly a uh, value voice, uh, associate-driven organization. So uh, very, very proud of uh, all the folks that we have at, at Miller's L. Bruce, thanks for the question. I uh, have uh, had the opportunity to do a lot, of, a lot of great things over my 35 plus years uh, in the retail space. I've primarily worked with uh, Fortune 100 companies. i like to consider myself as a micro builder. So um, I build businesses inside of companies, uh, new disciplines, new capabilities, new way forward. So I've been fortunate to do that with a lot of large companies, one of the largest uh, retail home center companies in the world, frankly. Uh, And uh, through that process, uh, became focused most of my career on, on customer experience. Most of the things that I've built and deployed have been all about how do we engage the customer in the marketplace in a in a more meaningful and uh, more robust way? So through those opportunities, I had good fortune of I sit on a couple of boards, nonprofit boards. I am part of George Washington University's board advisors for their CX program and their master's program, and just humbled and and, and proud to be connected with uh, a lot of great things going on in the industry, Bruce.
1: Awesome. And so our topic today is really around the power and pitfalls of scaling a business and. So oftentimes, when we're having conversations with our clients, they get the difference. They get the difference between growing and scaling a little bit wrong, and, and we kind of have to to talk them through it. And so, really, when you're starting a business, you're a startup. You're moving quickly to grow. You're just trying to bring in as much revenue as possible. But at some point, we all want to make money, right, Ron? And so. Scaling a business is really about taking advantage of what you do best within the business to not only drive more revenue like you have when you were quote unquote growing, but do it, grow that revenue without adding as much expense so that you increase that profit, make more, more money. Ron, in your career, what are the three key differences in your mind when you were growing versus when you were scaling a business, Bruce, I think first
0: and foremost, when you when you're growing a business, I think you really have to absolutely anchor on who are you, right? So you got to answer the question. I think you mentioned it earlier. What am I really good at as a, as an organization or as a company? Or if you're a, if you're a startup, what's the one thing that you believe you can make a difference with? And as you identify that, then I think the next step is you know certainly connect with the marketplace of which you believe your services or or company or business can resonate with most succinctly. So as you're thinking about growing a business and whether it's the, the one thing you do, the two or three things you do, but make sure that you're adding that value to the customer or whoever you're connecting with, whether it's B2B or B2C all along the way. So as you're growing that business, you know, you're anchored on sorry as you said revenue you're, you're anchored on um, on your margin and those things are extremely important but it's really I look at it like this it's it's a very uh, it's a it's 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 a micro way of looking at it I'm going to start a business up because I think I can solve X now whatever whatever X is so as you begin to, to scale your business all right I've built a discipline. I've built a business and I'm really good at this. So customers tell me I'm good at this. We are making great strides at it. So if I look at that particular micro business, what are the, and I call them tangential things that say if I plug this into, into my business, I can I can broaden, I can expand, I can offer my customer more services without necessarily having to replicate every step along the way. It's taking a foundation that's been built that is really strong. Again. Who are you? What's your customer segment you're anchored on? And then as you're spending more time with your customer, what are the other services that you're learning that they need? It's not so much about building competencies because for the sake of building, it's building competencies that will attract and attach to your customer that you're serving. And so it's in that that you're able to scale or broaden. Think of it as a fan, if you will, right? Your business is, is uh, is the linchpin in that fan or the spindle in that fan. And your, your customer, you're able to offer a service that as you learn that customer more, you're, you're, you're spreading that out. So think of that fan that spreads out. So I'm able to touch the customer in multiple ways now, but I can do it with leveraging my back office functions. I can do it with leveraging maybe my salespeople. I can leverage uh, other competencies and abilities within the organization versus having to repeat everything. So I think the big difference that people sometimes are confused at is that let me build everything from scratch and stand it up next to my customer when that's not necessary, right? Know who you are, who's your customer, do something really well, and, and connect with that customer to the point that you're building that, that brand loyalty, that trusted advisor mentality, and then let the customer help guide you in terms of what are the other things you could offer them that would be meaningful to them in the relationship that you're building.
1: In all that, Ron, you mentioned customer or clients probably a dozen times, and that's really that's really one of the primary pitfalls that you can have is not being customer or client centric. You know, I have a, a former kind of mentor coworker of mine who would put it simply: the customers really important. They've got the money. And so, if you're not delivering something that they that they want and desire, you're you're in a lot of trouble. And, and if you're not client focused, you can you can get into a, a big pit very quickly. Oh, with, with without question. So, what's the meaning of why you're
0: there? Right? Is it that you want to build the best widget, or do you want to build the widget that the customer wants? And there's a there's a distinct difference between the two. You may have the best capability in terms of manufacturing or whatever that discipline is. But if you build and design that widget that's 10 degrees different than what the customer envisioned, you really think they're going to buy that widget? Probably not. So you got to start with the end in mind, Bruce. You understand your capabilities, you understand your strengths, but then you take that and you match that with the customer and be willing to change, be willing to pivot somewhat to match against. And this is, this is a conversation I have constantly with our clients at, at Miller's L. Is that especially with look at the last six months and all that we're going through as a society, the customer and we're all customers, Bruce. The customer is mm-hmm. thinking, operating, showing up, shopping a little bit different. So we have we have our clients coming to us. How should we think about the future? And and then some of her panicked about it. And, and my rationale to them is: if you are solid in your competencies and your abilities, and if you are committed to understanding your customer, even though they're a little bit different today than they were six months ago. If you have a discipline that says, I'm going to connect with my customer so I know them, learn them, and I'm going to react to them, don't panic. It's not a total transformation. You simply need to lean into the intersection of where the customer is going, right? And what your competencies are and help them get there. And I think if, if uh, companies will spend more time doing consumer insights work and truly understanding that customer, it's, it's, not a, it's not a radical change every time something happens. It's just lean in. It's more of an oval. Lean into where the customer needs you to be and be adaptive to that. And uh, oftentimes, I find many companies miss that point. So underneath the panic, if they've done a great job of their brand, and who they are, underneath that panic, if they've done a great job saying, I'm gonna connect with my customer to help them meet their customer, then, um, then we'll all get there together. And um, it's not transformational, it's just simply being conscious of where they need to
1: go. And speaking about customers, there's kind of two diametrically opposed thoughts that, that you hear often that the customer's always right, or it's the Henry Ford model of, you can have any color of the Model T you want as long as it's black. <laughs> it, how do you and the team at Miller Zell kind of coach your clients on how they should react to their customers' wants and desires and, and balance those two things? Bruce, I think, and again, I'll go back to some of the earlier comments, you know, starting with with the
0: end in mind. I'd say we're in a little bit of a gray area right now because the customer is changing. And I'm going to, let me qualify here. So for us, clients would be maybe a retailer. A customer would be their customer, right? So mm-hmm. We're in a little bit of a quandary right now simply because the customer is still trying to figure out what normal is for them and how they want to show up. Is it touchless? Is it uh, buy a line and pick up in store? Is it going into brick and mortar? Still trying to figure that out somewhat. So as our clients right now are, are trying, to, trying to get to that space, it is about helping our clients understand their customer and bringing that information to our clients. So we do, a, we do a lot of strategy and research and consumer insights. Uh, we partner with Northwestern and a few other, few other insight groups uh, across the country. And we, we try to rationalize and distill it in a way that our clients can absorb it, understand it, and make quick decisions. And what I often tell our clients is my job, frankly, at Miller's L, is to help you know where your customer is going to ask you to be just before they ask you. Because if I can give you that insight, you'll arrive where the customer is going to to end up just before they get there. So what does that mean? That means you're going to be more relevant. That means you're going to be able to take care of whatever that customer's expecting from you and your brand just as they get to that place. And we found that that allows our clients to be much more successful and stay much more relevant the customers that they serve.
1: And you spoke a little bit about just the data and insights that you receive from other industry organizations and not only understanding your clients, customers, but just understanding the market. How important is it to be a subject matter expert in your field to be able to connect with clients in a, in a more powerful way?
0: Bruce, I'll tell you, we we are uh, we are data rich you know, in the in the industry, and I just was having this conversation with uh, with a one of our clients this week. Matter of fact, that we've been paralyzed over the last pick, pick five seven years with just the amount of data that's available to us, and what just simply because there's so much big data, how do you really take that, carve it up, and apply it so that it can be meaningful to uh, to our clients? It is, it's critical. There's so much data, but unless you're able to stratify that in a way that you can ingest it and operationalize against it, it's just a lot of data. So organizations like us spend a lot of time um, in the verticals of which we participate, distilling that down to where it is uh, it is digestible, and we can we can move forward with it. A new vertical for us, Bruce, is in the collegiate space, and we're finding... Think about colleges and um, as a, as compared to retail, colleges want the absolute best students that they can find in, in, in the marketplace. Colleges want the best athletes that they can find. So they're looking to companies like us who have spent our really our existence in retail, saying, "You guys went through a a, a place ten years ago when it was all about differentiation, right? So if you recall that, Bruce, that was the that was the big buzzword in retailers saying, "I want to be different than the guy across the street because that's more meaningful." Right to customers. So even the college vertical is saying differentiation is important for us. What's going to make us different and stand out that I can get that best student, that we can attract the best athlete. So we're we're spending time there with in in that vertical doing some very meaningful work and helping them chart a course, you know, to to as they aspire to attract the, the best students and athletes. So it's data and information, my point here is it transcends transcends verticals in the marketplace. I think if you're if you're not using it, you're behind. And uh, I would just encourage that: make sure what you use is relevant to your customer you're going after, and to you as your brand.
1: Well, and it's it's so much easier now with technology, and then just the number of data scientists that are out there now that can help um, you learn and analyze the data to get more powerful insights out of it, whether. You know, you're know, you a company that builds a business um, insights team or a data analysis team, or you use a third party to, to kind of mine that data and figure things out. There's so many ways to get at that data, and it's, it's pretty amazing whether it's someone in manufacturing, someone dealing in the retail space such as you, or even in the trades. Everybody has such a tremendous amount of of data at their disposal if they're able to mine it and and use it in in meaningful ways. You know, Ron, you just to switch gears a little bit, you mentioned the collegiate space and working with colleges and universities, as well as all of the changes that we've all gone through in the past six months. Miller Zell and you and the team there are entering in this new space where you're trying to learn on the fly but then you're also entering into a space that is being completely turned upside down because of covid in the colleges and universities how have you all kind of approached this and remained agile so that you can learn to build a new business within a business um, but also also please the customer in a new space
0: i say if there's any word to underscore right now bruce it's disruption Right, whether whether it's disruption in how one client or one college is trying to affect another relative to attracting the right students and athletes, but then you layer on top of the disruption that's happened to all of us, right, in the last five or six months. So here's sort of the silver lining in that the colleges that we're working with and in that space, it's not only athletics, it's also academics. They had already realized that the the change that they needed, the metamorphosis they needed to go through, was in of itself a disruption. But what we've learned and what, in terms of our colleges we're working with over the last few months is that they're they're really staying the course because they were already changing who they were. And one particular college in Texas, and I'll name uh, not important here, but you would walk the campus, Bruce, absolutely beautiful campus, beautiful campus. The architecture, incredible. But as soon as you open the door and you walked in, you could tell it was quite dated. So our work is how do we bring how do we bring life to the design of the interior to the let's move it from analog to digital, right? Let's move it from uh, paper to um, and transform that into digital screens and and connect not only each building but connect the apps for the for the students so wayfinding apps to find their way around campus to, to the point that they can keep up with their uh, agenda and. So we're just bringing all of really today's technology environment and today's design into beautiful campuses, but bringing the interior, the engagement of the, of the uh, students up to date. So they were already in a place of, of sort of transformation, disruption, because they knew they needed to change. So then the dynamic today of are we back on campus, are we not on campus? So some of the, some of the work that we're doing with a few of the colleges, they're frankly saying, let's expedite. Because if we don't have students on campus, let's see if we can go faster, quicker, and do more so that when the students do come back, we're more ready for them. So we're finding ourselves just accelerating some of the work that we're doing, Bruce. And then we're doing things like putting in uh, virtual labs within some of the campuses to uh, accentuate the ability to be able to do remote professor teaching. I mean, it's beyond anything in, in terms of, uh, we may have experienced, but uh, their colleges are trying to figure out how to connect with their students if the, if the remote environment is long-term, short-term. So they're really adapting, I think, quite magnificently in terms of staying connected to their students. and. It's really a great thing to see, and we're very fortunate to be in that space, frankly.
1: It really is an interesting time to be in, in that space for you all. It was a strategic decision that you made, and then COVID happened, and it, it made it's going to make the journey a little bit more interesting, but also potentially more rewarding for the Zell team, as well as your clients. You are listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast with Bruce Gresham of Applied Vision Works. I'm speaking with Ron Lutz, Chief Retail Officer of MillerZell. You can learn more about MillerZell at millerzell.com. They partner with retailers and financial service providers to create informative, engaging, entertainment, and customer centric experiences. And. As we've been talking about the power and pitfalls of scaling a business, we've been very customer and client-centric in our talk so far. And so, Ron, let's say a business is now kind of out of that growth phase, they're out of that startup phase, and they're really wanting to, to rock and roll, if you will, in scaling their business. Maybe they have clients that are all over the board, that are in different verticals, in your mind how would a company figure out or how have you in the past figured out maybe what markets to really to really go after
0: you know i think uh, Bruce, some of the, some of the foundation of, of that work and the answer to that question is still is the same as when you're building the business but at, over time as you become more mature in that journey you've probably identified some key elements within the your core set of what you're truly, truly good at. And I would just, I would encourage companies never to to tarry very far from that, right? Now, again, as I explained, you can, you can move out into other tangential type services, but stay stay rooted in in your core relative to you know what you're truly truly uh, strong at, and then stay very conscious of how your customer may or may not be changing. As we're all looking to scale our business and and leverage all of the um, you know, I guess the, the the cost of standing that business up, and as you think about scaling that. Think about similar types of verticals that might be conscious of how you go to market today. So as an example, I I was chatting about some of the verticals that we participate in. And for us, we would not have thought about why college? Why the collegiate university vertical? It wasn't so much about we went after and said, "Let's, let's identify that vertical. It was, who are we? Let's identify what we do well. And then where does that transfer? As I was mapping out our strategic plan for the next five to seven years, here are the nine things we at Zell do really, really well. Now, where do they apply? What areas do are they apply in? Now, we've moved from retail to financial services. We're doing a lot in the QSR space. We're doing a lot in the specialty retail. We're doing it typically in hospitality and now college and uh, universities. But it wasn't about what does the college university vertical truly need. It's about what are we at Miller Zell? What are the services we provide, and where do those apply across? We took the blinders off, Bruce. We mm-hmm. just said it's it's white paper. Where could we where can we go with this? Well, what we found was fantastic when we identified the opportunities in the multiple business verticals, and we really unpack those and looked at how they need to go to market. You know what? They could leverage things that we already do. So it wasn't that we created new businesses, it was that we took what we do really well and where does it apply? So it again you got to go back to the to the what's the end in mind and where can those businesses use your competencies. And and that was our our approach to that and and I think it works very well for if I go back to my history over the last 30 years, that's how I've built businesses. And what's the need in the marketplace? How does that match to what I currently believe my strengths are? And then how do we expand from there? Because customers aren't always looking for the same thing at the same time, right? So they're at different maturity places. And then you need to match up what your strengths are to where they are in their journey. And uh, you'll be surprised at you don't have to reinvent yourself. Take what you do and match it to the, to the clients that can use it.
1: Yeah, Ron, that's a great pivot. We've been so client-centric here in the first 25 minutes or so of our conversation and really looking forward to pivoting to maybe some organizational things that folks can do as they're scaling their business. So thank you all for listening to part one of The Power and Pitfalls of Scaling a Business. I'm here with Ron Lutz, Chief Retail Officer for Miller Zell, based in Atlanta, Georgia. This has been the Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, brought to you by Applied Vision Works. I'm Bruce Gresham of the Applied Vision Works team. You can reach me at bgresham at appliedvisionworks.com or give me a call at 919-739-2980 Click on over to listen to part two with my conversation with Ron. Take care.
0: You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast with Applied Vision Works Principal Strategic Advisor Bruce Gresham. Questions, concerns, please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800 786 4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.